Amen. Well, how many of you are thankful for the presence of the Lord? I mean, we're not just singing songs, you guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is, it is an opportunity to welcome the presence of the Lord where he'll come into the room. You know, I think sometimes, and especially the church in America, we get it mixed up because we think we go to churches that work best for us. But how many of you know the church and our times of worship, it's not for us. It's for him. We come together as a body. We come together as a church, but we minister to the Lord. And when we minister to the Lord, how many of you know he comes into the room and everything that he is drips off of him and onto us? Isn't that powerful? The Bible says he dwells in the praises of his people. So when we give him praise and we gather in his name, he comes into our midst and he meets us in our brokenness. The things that we pick up in the world, the things that we carry, he meets us in those ways. And so if you are here and you need healing, how many of you know Jesus is the healer? If you need come and you are lost and you are broken, how many of you know he restores? The Lord, Jesus is the answer for everything. Amen. All right, we're going to talk. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. And I want to talk today about fresh oil. Everybody say fresh oil. I'm not talking about cooking ingredients, okay? We're talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about that life that the Holy Spirit will bring to our lives. How many of you know we need fresh oil in our lives? You need oil. You need it. And oftentimes the ones who think they don't need it are the ones that actually need it the most. The ones who are okay with how things are, the ones that are okay with where things are at. And we don't just need a little bit of oil. How many of you know we need a lot of it? We need a lot of oil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We need gold. We need to go and buy gold. And I'm not talking about actual physical gold. I'm talking about spiritual gold that money cannot buy. We need it as a church to start going after the right things and stop being consumed by all the wrong things. Too many times as believers, we go through life and we cannot take our gaze off of the world. But how many of you know the world is filled with darkness? And when we're not keeping our eyes on Jesus, our, our oil runs dry. But when we look to him, and we give him our attention, we give him our adoration. How many of you know he fills us with oil? And so we need something called oil. Now, when I'm talking about oil, I'm talking about that substance, that burning for the Lord. How many of you know we need to burn for the Lord? And so I want to talk about the parable that Jesus told, the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew 25. And as I was praying over this scripture, 
I wanted to look into Matthew 24. And it was astonishing to me just how much Matthew 24 and 25 are connected. They're really, it's Jesus talking and he's preaching the same sermon. And he starts in Matthew chapter 24 and Jesus, he's talking about his return. He's talking about the coming of the Son of Man. And he's talking about tribulation. He's talking about persecution. He's talking about the things that will take place at the end of days. Famine, pestilence, right? Earthquakes, lawlessness, offense. And then he goes in and he talks about the great tribulation. And then in verse 29, he talks about the coming of the Son of Man. In verse 36, he says how nobody knows the hour when Jesus will return, but you will know the season. How many of you know it's important that we know the season that we're in? He says you, you, you can discern the weather, but you can't discern the signs of the times. He's saying you should be able to recognize the season you're in. Everybody say the season. And then in verse 45, he talks about the faithful servant. And he talks about the faithful servant and the evil servant. He contrasts the two at the end of the age and how the faithful servant is the one who will be found waiting for him. It's good to wait on the Lord. But then we get to chapter 25, verse 1. And the Lord is preaching the same sermon. And he comes to this parable of the ten virgins. And I want, I want us to read this. And if you have your Bibles, turn there. If you don't, you can follow along on screen. But it says, Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 1, it says, then. Oh, you're saying it with me, then. Okay. <laughs> then. I put some emphasis on it. Then. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, in that season, in that end time season, the kingdom of heaven shall be likened. In other words, Jesus is saying this is the environment. This will be the atmosphere. This will be what is taking place at the end of the age. The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Now it's interesting because all of these virgins were to be betrothed to the bridegroom. They were coming out of the same group. They were a part of the same unit, but notice five of them were foolish, five of them were wise. And it's as though Jesus is saying, listen, as the end of the age approaches, there's going to be a clear delineation between those who are wise and those who are foolish. And it can happen in the very same gathering. That means in the church, in our gatherings right now, there will be some of those who are wise and there will be some of those who are foolish. There will be some of those who are wise and do the right thing and are ready, and there are some who are foolish and just ignore what is taking place, what the Lord wants to do. And rather than looking at the Lord Jesus, they look at the world. Somebody say amen. Don't be foolish. Tell the person next to you, don't be foolish. This verse 3 says, those who were foolish, they took their lamps. The lamps represents our heart. Those who were foolish, they took their lamps and they took no oil with them. But the wise took the oil in their vessels with their lamps. 
But while the bridegroom, who is the bridegroom? That's Jesus, right? While the bridegroom, while Jesus was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard at the midnight hour. I mean, if you know, nobody was really expecting it at that moment. There comes a point in the day where you're like, the day is over, I'm going to go to bed, right? And the bridegroom was delayed and people were just not anticipating it in that moment. And it says, at the midnight, at midnight, a cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Can you guys hear me today? I want you to hear me. The bridegroom is coming. Do not be foolish, and I don't want you to be caught off guard that you are not ready, that you are not hearing at the midnight hour that the bridegroom is coming. Jesus is coming. Somebody say amen. And it will do you no good to ignore this fact. You can't just push this aside and say, well, you know, when he comes, I'll, I'll be fine. You can't push this to the back burner and just say, well, when, you know, I'll get serious, the, you know, the, the older I get, the closer it gets. The, you know, when things get really bad in this world as if though they're not bad enough already. How many know the word says, seek the Lord while he may be found? That doesn't mean the, the Lord isn't going anywhere, although there will be a time for that. There, but it does mean that there is a place in your heart and times in your life where the Lord will be available to you, but that is not always guaranteed. Amen? So do not ignore this. Because if you ignore this fact, you will be an unprepared and foolish servant. We gotta be ready for this. He says, behold, behold, look. What does that mean? Look, watch. Who are we looking for? We're looking for Jesus. We're looking for the bridegroom. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Then all those virgins arose and they trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. How many of you know they weren't prepared, right? It's interesting to me how their lamps were waning as the midnight hour approached because they did not give attention to the burning that was fading within them as the days went by. If your burning for the Lord is waning, you need oil. If your heart for being in his presence, if your heart for spending time with him if it's just not there, you need something called oils. Everybody say oil. Don't let the flame fade. Don't let that burning fade. This is so important. Listen, verse nine says, but the wise answered saying, no, lest, we, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Everybody say buy. You gotta buy this oil. Not with physical money. But how many of you know it's every believer's job and, uh, and opportunity to go get this oil? It's not up to your friends. It's not up to your family. 
This is not up to your parents. This oil doesn't come from the laying on of hands. This oil comes one way. It must be bought from heaven. Is this okay? All right. It says, the wise answered, saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell, buy for yourselves. And while they went out to buy the bridegroom, Jesus, he came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. I was talking to somebody. That scripture, man, that just messes with you in the best way. There will be many that come to me that say, Lord, Lord. And the Lord will say to them, I don't know you. May that never be us. I don't, I don't know about you, but I want to know what does it mean to know him? What does it mean to know Jesus? Because there will be those that know of him. There will be those that come to him and say, Lord, Lord. But his response is, I don't know you. What does it mean to know the Lord? Because I don't know about you, but I want to make sure I got this right. I need everybody's eyes. Look at me. What it means to know him is to have oil in your lamp. To have a heart that is full and ready. That when the Holy Spirit ignites that flame, it doesn't go out in a moment, but it lasts for an eternity. I think we need to do some self-evaluations every now and then that we can come into the presence of the Lord and be stiff as a board. It's inappropriate. There is something about responding. There is something about burning for him where I must see him, I must know him, I must be with him, I'm looking for him. Everywhere I go, around every corner, is he there? Yes, what is he doing? What is he saying? I must know, why? Because my heart is in love with him. You know, when you fall in love with your spouse, right, and maybe you just met, all you can do is what? Think about them. I wonder what they're doing right now. I wonder what you know, I, I wonder what I, what's something I could do for them, right? What's something special? And so often our natural love, our natural affection, we begin to take that for granted and we don't burn the same way. But how many of you know there is an opportunity for us to always burn for him, but it requires something called oil. We need fresh oil. There is a shortage of oil in the church today. There's so many who cry out, say, Lord, Lord, send your fire. Send your fire, but the problem is there's no oil. And we can come into our Sunday gatherings, we can come into moments like these, and we can, we can be lit for a moment, but be, and, and our wick is, a, on, is, is a, on fire, but then all, there's no oil, so it doesn't endure. We need oil. Somebody say oil. 
You need it. Tell the person next to you, you need oil. Store it. Buy it. Get it. Listen, it's available. There is no reason that anybody should go through life and not have this. Listen to what Jesus says in verse 13. He says, watch therefore. Everybody say watch. For you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. We don't know when he's coming, but when he comes, may he find us burning for him. My goal as your pastor is that you would be more in love with Jesus tomorrow than you are today. My goal for my ministry is that at the end of my ministry, I'm more in love with him than I was at the start. Sometimes people will come into our church and they'll be like, where is everybody? I'm not concerned about that. I want to see lives change. We all do, amen? But as long as Jesus is here, I'm good. We get so caught up and we glory in the things that God never gloried in. We get so caught up and driven by numbers, numbers, numbers. But God doesn't glory in numbers. He glories in hearts that are burning for him. Jesus evaded the crowds. But he was willing to stop everything for someone whose heart was ready. Store oil. Get that oil. Notice verse 9. It says, the wise answered, saying, go get your own oil. How many of you know you can't get this oil? It's not inherited. It's available freely. But it's your your responsibility to get it. It's not your pastor's responsibility. Amen? When I look at my kids, I'm like, listen, you're going to have to choose who you will serve. I cannot choose this for you. Does that make sense? It's the same for all of us. The oil's available, but you must choose it. You must choose it. The oil comes straight from heaven, but you have to buy it. And do you know what the price of the oil is? You're going to love me for this. It's your time. Everybody says, shoot. (laughs) The price for this heavenly oil is time. Will you give it to him? Will you surrender it to him? 
Will you be with him just a little bit longer in the morning? For those of you that don't know, we recently started a worship and prayer night, which is on Wednesdays. It's actually a service. We don't say it like that, but it is. And we've been doing it for some time, and we have a handful of people that join in. And again, going back, I'm like, I don't, it's not, this isn't, we're not doing this for people. For the longest time, it was just Micah in this room worshiping the Lord. And then for a while, it was just me in this room worshiping the Lord. It didn't matter because Jesus was there. And we have a handful of people and they're like, are we gonna start announcing this and you know, getting it out there? And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. But I'm not really concerned about that right now because this isn't for people, this is for Jesus. This is when we minister to him. We get so stuck on the wrong things, you guys. I don't like the style of worship. I don't like the sound of the music. I don't like the sanding. I don't like the what. It's not for you. Somebody say amen. It's for Jesus. And in his goodness, when he comes into the room, everything that he is drips off of him and onto you. That's why when you're sick and you come into the presence of the Lord, healing comes. It's not because you earned it. It's because you welcomed him into the room. Is this making sense? And so we were in our time of worship, and I'm telling you, listen, don't show up on Wednesdays. It's not for the faint of heart. I, it's almost like I'm trying to talk people out of it, but I want you to understand the reverence of it. It's when we come together to sit at the feet of Jesus and he can do whatever he wants. And we were singing and Micah started our set and she was singing and aren't you thankful for the anointing that the Lord has given her? And I was like, oh, that's good. Like, yeah, I, I can go home. But then I had to go up there. And thankfully she tolerates me. No, she allows me to lead as well. And I get up there and we're singing. And I'm like, oh, this is good, you know. We've been worshiping for about an hour and a half, praying, worshiping. And I'm like, you know, I think I'm gonna wrap this up. And so we sing a chorus. And I knew Jesus came into the room. And I was like, how dare I ever stop? As soon as he's here. So we went for another hour, ministering to the Lord, singing in spiritual songs, singing a new song. Afterwards, we were like, I think there were some good songs in there, songs we've never heard. What is that? Jesus came into the room. And how many of you know, when he comes and we sit there, he gives us something called oil we burn. We have the fuel inside to burn for him. 
we had a meeting with our team yesterday and we were talking about, you know, how the focus and the things that the Lord is laying on our hearts and one of them is to, to reach out to the lost. Of course, right? Reach out to the lost. Every church should be doing that. But people need to know Jesus, right? And we recognize it's not so much what we do, it's more about what's in us. Are we lukewarm? We're not gonna be effective for anybody. Or are we burning for the Lord? Do we have that first love where you have to know what Jesus has done for me? And I look for him everywhere because he's changed me just that much. Our problem isn't we need better strategies. Our problem's not that we need more money. We need more of him. We need to spend more time looking at Jesus than we do at our calling. We need to spend more time looking at Jesus than we do looking at our ministry. Because it all comes from him. Jesus never was looking for employees to work for him. He was looking for people whose hearts are his. Is this okay? Is this uncomfortable? It's not. Because this isn't a condemnation. This is the goodness of God. Because the Lord is purifying his church right now. Not just our church. I'm seeing it in other places. There are some who are wise, who are submitting to the, to the Lord, who are walking humbly before him, who are living a life in fear and reverence of who he is. And there are those who are stepping up and saying, we've got to fix some things. We're looking too much at the world. We're getting too caught up in what people think about our church. We're getting too caught up in trying to make people happy rather than making Jesus exalted. I'm not mad, but I want you to understand. None of this matters if we're not burning for him. Listen, to Jesus, there is one substance that differentiates the foolish from the wise, the oil of the Holy Spirit. It's the oil of the Holy Spirit. You want to be wise. What is wise? To spend time at the feet of Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to pour out life, to pour out oil on you. That is wise. Not strategy. Will he give you strategy? Yeah. Will he give you revelation? Yep, you better believe it. But it all comes when we humble ourselves and we sit at his feet. When he gives it to you, this is important. If you were to guess the will of God for your life, it would not have a sliver of the power if, as if he gave it to you. It has to come from him. 
you could guess the perfect life, the perfect call, the perfect assignment, the perfect place, the perfect everything, and it would have a sliver of the power if you had just spent five minutes at the feet of Jesus and he gave it to you. Because it's oil. Amen? There is no, this world is full of counterfeits. Full of things that say, if you do this, then you'll be successful. If you do this, then your church will grow. If you do this, then. But Jesus is saying, no, it's only one. There's only one thing that matters. Do you have this oil? Did you go get it? The way that we get this oil is time. I heard a pastor tell a story how the Lord asked him for an hour out of his day. And so the pastor said, okay, I'll give you the hour. So he spent an hour with Jesus. And then at the end of the hour, the Lord said, would you give me the, another hour? And the pastor's like, well, I mean, you've, you've given me an assignment. There's things that I gotta do, but yeah, okay, I'll give you another hour. Then at the end of the second hour, the Lord says, will you give me the day? And the pastor says, well, that means I'm gonna have to cancel on people. I'm gonna have to move some things around. And I thought those are things that you wanted me to do, but I'm gonna give you the day. And then the Lord said, would you give me the week? And the pastor said, wait, what, where's this going? Okay. I'll give you the week. And then the Lord said, would you give me your month? Okay, now what? Come on. This is unrealistic. There's bills to pay. Things to do. You've given me a calling. I got sermons to prepare got people to care for, people that you gave me. The pastor gave him the month. And then the Lord said, will you give me your year? How many of you know the Lord wants our everything? And whatever you are willing to give him, he'll take it. Because he's worthy of it. When we spend time with the Lord, would we be willing to sit at his feet until? Are we just gonna sit at his feet for, well, I got 10 minutes, you got 10 minutes, Lord, here we go. Well, he didn't say anything, he must not want me to know anything, we're good. If the Lord wanted to say it, he'd say it because, you know, he's God and he did, you know. If the Lord wants to do it, he'll do it because he's, he's the Lord, like he's God. What would it look like if, if we sat at the feet of Jesus until there was an exchange? Until we heard his voice. Until we see that breakthrough in our life. What would that look like? A day? A week? A year? Is he worthy? 
Is he worthy? He is. Charles Finney used to say, I preach on Sundays and I spend time with God the rest of the week. I spend six days praying and on the seventh day, people come and they watch me burn. It's so much easier this way. But we try to conjure things. We try to make things happen, but we must get the oil. Notice the foolish virgins at the final moment, they say, I'm going to go get the oil right now. Like the Lord's coming. I'm going to go get it right now. But just in the short time that it took to go to the market, the door was shut. And I'm telling you, there is coming a time where people will go to find the oil in the spirit and the door will be shut just like Noah's Ark was shut. The world is coming at you with everything it has. The world is full of darkness to the point where if you were to literally bring every concern to Jesus, that alone would be its own nine to five because the world brings darkness. And when you take your attention away from Jesus, you lose oil. But when you give the Lord your attention, when you give him your adoration, you get filled with oil. And so I'm telling you today, stop looking at the world and start looking to Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Stop caring so much about what you should not be caring about. Think about this. When the disciples came to Jesus and they said, well, Lord, will you at this time Free Israel and establish your kingdom. How many of you remember what Jesus said? He didn't even answer the question because he's saying that's not important. What did he say? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses of me. Jesus was saying, that's what you need. Stop worrying about the world. The world, we know what's gonna happen. We know because the Bible already says it. Darkness will get darker but the Lord will arise over you. If we're burning. We need oil. It's time to turn off the voices of the world and to look to Jesus who is dripping with oil. So what do we do? You gotta go get oil. <laughs> this, is not, this is not rocket science. Go get it. Go into your room, shut the door, and spend time with him. If you don't know how to get oil, and you're like, I just need more of the Lord, but I don't even know where to start. How many of you remember what the Shulamite woman said to, to the Lord, said to the beloved? She said, where do you, show me where you feed your flock. And what did Jesus said? You want to know where I feed my flock? Follow in the footsteps of the flock. In other words, if you don't know how to get oil, get around people who do. It's time, it's time to look to Jesus. This is the hour. This is the hour. The bridegroom is coming. Go into your room, shut the door, get fresh oil. Make, every, make the most of every opportunity. When you come into this room, don't be on your phone. 
I mean, there is the Bible app. It's pretty great. Give your attention to Jesus. Don't be up late at night looking at things that you should not be looking at. Get at the feet of Jesus. You want breakthrough in your life. You want to be delivered from sin. Get at the feet of Jesus. You want to grow in your relationship with him. Get at the feet of Jesus. Are you with me? Spend time with him and then spend some more time. I don't know about you, but I want to be burning for him. Because I want to come to him face to face and I want him to say, well done. Not, I don't know you. They were all to be, be betrothed to the bridegroom, but only five were wise. They all had the opportunity. They all had the chance, but only five were wise. May we be wise. I said, may we be wise. Do you see Jesus today? Are you beholding him? Do you hear the Lord calling you? Because he's calling each one of us with an unfailing love, full of mercy, full of goodness. And he's saying, bring everything that you are to me and lay it down. And I will only give back that which is good. And it will be anointed. The Lord is not done with you yet. He's hardly started. And that's true for everybody, including me. Lord, let it be very including me. I, Lord, I pray. I want to burn. Can we stand together? We're going to receive communion. Let's stand. Don't, don't jump the train. Stay focused on the Lord. Eyes closed. Eyes closed and hearts lifted to him. And just begin to talk to him. Say, Jesus, I'm coming. Jesus, I hear your call. Jesus, I hear you. And I'm not gonna let you, I'm not gonna let you just pass by. I'm gonna grab the hem of your garment. I'm gonna reach out, Lord. I'm not gonna stand idle. I'm not gonna be dead inside. I'm not gonna be concerned about what people think. Lord, I'm gonna come to you because I hear you calling. Tell him, Jesus, I hear you. I hear you calling. Come on, church, let's lift our hands to the Lord. I'm gonna ask that we all lift our hands. There is an appropriate response right now to be in full surrender to him. 
And I know if you're here today, you're saying, I want more. And the Lord is saying, I'm available to you, but you must come and get this. I've already done what's needed. I've already paid the price. It's free to you, but you must choose it. You must buy this. Would you give me your attention now? With our hands lifted, just let me pray over you. Holy Spirit, flood your people with your presence. To the very depths of our being, Lord, we respond to what you're saying. Lord, we know the hour is late. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we are not children of darkness, but Lord, that we are children of light. And so, Father, fill us with the presence of your Spirit. Jesus, we don't want to let you just pass by. Lord, no, we grab the hem of your garment today. And Lord, we ask that you would raise up wise people who store oil. Clothe us today in the oil of heaven. Clothe us today. Pour out your spirit. Fill us, Lord, right now. Let us never lose the wonder. Let us never lose the burning. If we're running low, fill us up, Lord. If we're empty, fill us up, Lord Jesus. Just begin to call out to the Lord, church. Begin to speak to him. Say, Lord, fill me. Lord, I'm calling out to you. Fill me, Lord. I need that oil. I want to know you. I want to burn for you. Forgive me, Lord, for not giving you the time you deserve. Forgive me for not spending time in your presence. Forgive me for resisting your presence. For not giving you the glory, for not giving you the honor, for giving you nothing but lip service. But my heart was not there. Do a work in us. Do a work in us, Lord. Purify us, cleanse us, wash us, heal us, restore us, Lord Jesus. The, the appropriate thing right now is to begin to worship the Lord. Let's just begin to worship. Just begin to tell him he's worthy. Begin to tell him he's holy. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his mercy. Come on, church. We're ministering to the Lord Jesus. Holy, holy are you, Lord. There is no one like you. 
We thank you, Lord, for your salvation, Lord. We thank you for your healing, Lord, in this room. Lord, I pray over every person that is here. Lord, that as you walk into the room, as we are about to receive your body that was broken and your blood that was shed, Lord, that you would let your healing power flow through this room. Where there is pain, where there is hurting, Lord, let your healing come into this room in Jesus' name. It's who you are. You've given it freely. And so, Lord, as we receive this communion, Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the glory, Lord. We thank you for the beauty and the power of the blood of the blood of Jesus, for the body of Jesus. And Lord, as we gather in your presence for this covenant meal, we are grateful. Release your healing, Lord. Bring deliverance, Lord Jesus from pain, deliverance from bondage. If there is sin in your life, I want you just to begin confessing that to the Lord. We should not receive the body and blood if there is a, a knowing of sin in our lives, but the Lord says, if you confess your sin, I will forgive you your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And so just begin to confess to the Lord. Just between you and him, just say, Lord, I confess that is sin. And I thank you for forgiving me. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. It's the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. He is to come. We receive your body. We receive your blood. Remembering what you've done for us, remembering the love you have for us. You are good. You are good. You are good. We're going to receive communion, and I'm going to ask that we come down this aisle, that you receive the bread and you receive the, the cup. And I want to keep this a holy space so we're not talking to friends. We're not. As you come down this aisle, look to the Lord. Look at the cross. Remember what he's done. Amen. Take these, go to your seat, and then pray with someone. Pray with people you came with. Pray if you're here alone, find someone that you can pray with. And let's receive the elements together.